From the final phase electric studios, from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to uh, thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. Just some people. Usually I get a lot of the people on the live stream. They'll pop on and they'll just, you know, all caps, America. And they, they do that. And then uh, one of my followers says, Oceana, which is hysterical. If you don't understand the reference, you need more culture. So uh, very good. I appreciate that. That gave me a chuckle. All right. We got to talk about some bombshell stuff. I mean, actual bombshell stuff that happened at the January 6th committee hearing yesterday. Um, I have, just so you are aware, I have been following Cassidy Hutchison for a long time on social media. And I've, I've watched what she's done since she left the last administration. I've watched her behavior I've watched how she's spoken about these things. I've I've covered some of it on the show. So this isn't somebody who is unknown to me. She is relatively unknown to most of you. But she is well-known in D.C., and she is well-known in political circles, and I have been following her for some time now. And I, I will offer you some commentary about that in just a little bit. But she was a staffer for Mark Meadows. She's... um. You know, the actual top aide for Mark Meadows when he was in the Trump White House. And as a result, she was called as a witness. And, of course, the January 6th committee, they've had, you know, a bunch of nothing burgers throughout this entire thing. Nobody's watching it. Nobody's paying attention to it. Uh, your cable news outlets like CNN and MSNBC are having experts on and Democratic strategists. We're all saying Democrats aren't paying attention to this either. Nobody is. So it's not it's not having the desired effect. And the desired effect is, of course, to prevent Trump from running for president and also to neuter Trump's endorsements so that if he endorses somebody, they effectively become toxic and nobody votes for them. That is the goal. Uh, they don't want people like Trump or people who identify with Trump's ideology in Washington, D.C., period. That's the entire this is purely the swamp versus outsiders. OK, and you may not identify with those outsiders as being your people, but it really is the political class versus all of us. And right now, Trump is endorsing people mostly that are not a part of the political class. So she goes and she gives her testimony. This is how CBS Evening News anchor Nora O'Donnell covered this. I want you to listen to some of the allegations because they're big. And this has led to some pretty serious stuff over the past couple of days. Have a listen. During the Watergate hearings 50 years ago, there was only one surprise witness. It was Alexander Butterfield, who revealed there was a White House taping system. Well, in the January 6 hearings, the surprise witness is Cassidy Hutchinson. Then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' top aide described the then-president's fits of rage that included throwing plates of food, grabbing the steering wheel of the presidential limo, and lunging at a Secret Service agent. Hutchinson said Trump was furious that Secret Service agents were keeping some of his supporters outside of the White House ellipse because they had weapons. When the day began, Cassidy Hutchinson was a name. 
human face unknown to most Americans. By the end of the day, she'd made history, including her description of an altercation in the presidential limo when his chief Secret Service agent, Bobby Engel, refused to bring then-President Donald Trump to the U.S. Capitol, to which he just directed the crowd on January 6th. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Okay, so she goes on from there. I don't need to play the entire thing. Everybody's playing that for you today. But you get the gist, okay? Pretty compelling stuff, right? She goes into, oh, Trump threw plates at the wall and things like that. Okay, so we heard Michelle Obama did the same thing. Nobody cared about that. It, it doesn't really matter if somebody throws plates at a wall. Who cares if somebody throws plates at a wall? But beyond that, okay, the accusation here is that Trump wanted armed insurrectionists inside the White House. Okay, now keep in mind, they're not armed with AR-15s or anything. <laughs> That's flagpoles is what they're armed with. So, again, the, the inference here, Trump wanted armed insurrectionists inside the White House so they could occupy the White House and prevent him from being removed from the White House, right? That's the inference. Uh, the other thing is that he tried to seize control of the beast, which is the vehicle that he was in, from Secret Service. The other accusation here is that the Secret Service manhandled the President of the United States against his will, Okay, even though they work for him. Very interesting stuff. Now, casually, if you listen to this, you go, none of this makes any sense because, first of all, it wouldn't have taken this long to hear about it, considering all of the leaks that have come out of the Secret Service anyway. It wouldn't have taken this long to hear about this. The other thing is that it just it doesn't play out as something that would have realistically ever happened. Now, the Secret Service can certainly... And Dan Bongino has, has certainly talked about this today. His expertise as a former Secret Service agent, you should defer to. But they can do things that against the president's will to protect the president's safety and, and well-being. That's not what Cassidy Hutchinson said. She basically said they just defied him because they didn't like what he was saying. Now, that's not something that we have ever heard the Secret Service doing, especially since we have only heard that the Secret Service got along great with him. And that they appeared to like him and the entire Trump family. Uh, there has never been a rumor of any animus or any kind of conflict between the Trump family and the Secret Service. We had that, not even rumor, but actual agents speaking out with the Clinton family. We had that with the Obama family. We have had that with the Biden family. We've never heard that about the Trump family. They've all had a really good relationship with the Secret Service. So this is a little interesting. I would like to remind everybody that a Secret Service agent got physical with Joe Biden after Joe Biden messed around, well, not messed around with. I don't want to make it seem like he succeeded. After Joe Biden was highly inappropriate with that Secret Service agent's wife, that is something that actually happened. There are witnesses to it, and the news media passed it off as not a big deal. So Cassidy Hutchinson goes there, and she makes these claims. She also claims that she wrote a letter. She wrote a memo. She authored a memo that came up in, in the hearing. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. 
So while this wasn't even really that believable, naturally, a lot of people who hate Trump did it again. They fell for it. You would think, and again, I bring this up a lot every time there's one of these uh, theories. I, I always ask this question. Is, how is it that people who hate Trump have Trump derangement syndrome so bad they fall for every single thing that is said about him when 100% of the things said about him previously were proven to be false? Why do they continue to automatically buy into this? I know it's confirmation bias. I know it's derangement syndrome. I understand that. But you would assume, you would assume that after seven years now, roughly, six to seven years of false accusations against this guy from so-called insiders, you would assume that they would just take everything with a grain of salt and say, oh, why haven't we heard any of this stuff that Cassidy Hutchinson is saying? Why hasn't she said anything about this on her social media before, uh, which I follow? Why is it that we're only hearing about this now? What's going on here? Good questions. But, of course, they don't. They just hate Trump, so they automatically believe it. Here we go. Alyssa Farah Griffin. Cassidy Hutchinson is my friend. I knew her testimony would be damning. I had no idea it would be this damning. I'm so grateful for her courage and integrity. To anyone who would try to impugn her character, I'd be glad to put you in touch with the January 6th committee to appear under oath. Okay? Uh, she has questionable character. Subpoena me. I will bring up her social media posts. Sarah Matthews. Anyone downplaying Cassidy Hutchinson's role at, or her access in the West Wing either doesn't understand how the Trump White House worked or is attempting to discredit her because they're scared of how damning this testimony is. And for the record, throwing plates at a wall is not damning. Uh, trying to take control of the beast, which is the presidential vehicle, is really not damning. It's actually more damning in the Secret Service that they would manhandle the president of the United States. Um, the, the damning part is that Trump wanted armed insurrectionists to occupy the White House. For those complaining of hearsay, I imagine the January 6th committee would welcome any of those involved to deny these allegations under oath. Now, I would just like to, as an aside here, I would like to point out how wonderfully ironic I find it that all of these left-wing ideologues, including this guy on Truth Social who is yapping about this to me, how suddenly they care about people under oath when they did not care about hundreds of people under oath in the state of Michigan who witnessed voter fraud and signed sworn affidavits risking prison time, saying that they witnessed it personally and offering their testimony under oath to the legislature and to the courts. Because nobody in the news media gave a damn about any of those people. Well, they were under oath. So how is it that they were under oath, and that doesn't matter, but she was under oath, and suddenly it does? Guess what? The Capitol Police officers who testified at the January 6th committee earlier, they were under oath too, and they lied. We've already exposed some of those lies previously. George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. Decades from now, people will be asking each other, where were you and Cassidy Hutchinson testified? No, they'll only be asking that because Cassidy Hutchinson's either only going to have a job in a Democratic uh, staffer's office or a Democratic politician's office, or she's going to have an OnlyFans page. Seth Mandel, another blue check mark. Trump apparently wanted to join the January 6th crowd. There is no scenario in which this ends in a non-catastrophic way. None. Mm. Brendan Buck. I don't know Cassidy Hutchinson's, and I can speak to how things worked, and I can't speak to how things worked in the White House, but when Meadows was on the Hill 
He always insisted that she that uh, she be in every meeting he had, no matter how small. It was odd then and doesn't seem to be working out for him now. So they go through a bunch of the David French, Cassidy Hutchinson's exposing the abject cowardice and weakness of the majority of the GOP in Congress. She's putting them to shame. Mm. Is she, though? I mean, her story seems fantastical. Is she putting them to shame? Nope. Turns out the Secret Service is refuting every single thing that she said. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. During Michiana's Morning News on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. We're talking about Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony in the January 6th committee. They, she was the star witness yesterday. And she said a lot of things that, well, frankly, they fell apart pretty quickly after they were already said. So this is the headline from Matt Vespa. The, the Trump grabbed the steering wheel story just got hurled into the furnace. First, this must be the most powerful aid I've ever seen. Cassidy Hutchinson was the star witness yesterday, and she apparently was everywhere. Did she have access to the Situation Room? She was reportedly a trusted aide to Mark Meadows, so she told tall tales of Trump assaulting Secret Service agents and trying to grab the wheel of the U.S. presidential state car. He wanted to go to the U.S. Capitol that day. Cassidy Hutchinson recalled how the White House aides uh, how White House aides told her that President Donald Trump told Secret Service agents to take him to the Capitol on January 6th and grab the steering wheel of the beast when they said he couldn't. Now, keep in mind, she was told this by other aides. She didn't witness any of it. She said Trump thought that he was going to the Capitol after, after his speech at the Stop the Steal rally on the Ellipse. But when that idea was rejected, Trump had a very angry response to that and the president said something to the effect of, I'm the bleeping president. Take me to the Capitol. Hutchinson said Secret Service agents told him to take his hands off of the steering wheel, at which point he lunged for the neck of one of the agents. Now, if, if anybody buys that, <laughs> if anybody buys a Donald Trump trying to grab the neck of a Secret Service agent, I mean, you're just a special kind of fool. Oh, and Trump threw dishes and other things. That's Sesame Street stuff. Who cares? Also, it's not true. The Secret Service agents involved want to come forward to testify under oath that everything Hutchinson said was a complete and total lie. Peter Alexander, a source close to the Secret Service, tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Ryan Saavedra, former White House lawyer Eric Hirschman, says that it is not true that Cassidy Hutchinson wrote the handwritten note that she testified about on Tuesday that she wrote. The reason that she couldn't have done it is he's the one that wrote it. So she claims she wrote a note that Eric Hirschman says he actually wrote. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, now, again, um, a lot of people are saying, look, she's going to get a book deal out of this. She's going to get some some traction, everything else. Uh, nothing the Hutchinson said, if anyone watched it, was believable. Is she hoaxing like Christine Blasey Ford and Jesse Smollett? Time will tell, but the agents there with the former president that day say that she is lying. Now, this is where you're getting, you're getting everybody else uh, popping on. And, and this includes individuals on True Social right now. Um, who are liberal, 
Well, we'll see when they actually testify under oath. Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And, of course, if they do testify under oath, you're just going to say that they're lying anyway. So I've, I politely said, I'll happily report it. If they testify under oath and they say that he did it, I will tell you that he did it. And that the initial reports that, that she was lying were wrong. I will happily do that for everybody. But if they do testify and they say that she's lying, do you think any of the, the left-wing idiots out there and the blue checkmark brigaders in the news media, do you think any of them are going to apologize to you for being wrong? Any Anybody? Have, have they ever apologized you for Trump-Russia collusion, the, the bounty story, any of the other stuff? Have they ever apologized to you for any of the other lies about this man that they have told? They've never apologized to you about any of them. So they won't apologize about this either. They expect you to apologize because you're supposed to uphold a much higher standard than they themselves have to hold. Now, here's where things get very interesting. As I've told you before, I have followed Cassidy Hutchinson on social media for a long time. I noticed a very interesting change in her behavior. Cassidy Hutchinson was very praising of Donald Trump after he left D.C., and then all of a sudden wasn't. And suddenly, she started attacking him on her social media with regularity. And there was something very interesting that happened during that time that seems to have changed her behavior. And in fact, this is tied to a lot of other former people in the Trump White House that no longer like Trump, and they're all getting the book deals and the, the big advances and all that stuff. Remember, we did a story yesterday about how anti-Trump books are not selling. They're not selling at all. So what ended up happening? Well, she tried to get a job with Trump, and she didn't get it. Now, imagine for a second, ladies and gentlemen, that you are so disturbed by an individual's behavior. Donald Trump tried to attack the Secret Service. Would you work for somebody who attacked the Secret Service? Ben, would you? Would you work for somebody? No, I, I probably wouldn't either. Somebody who just unhinged, got angry, and tried to choke a, a Secret Service agent? An old man like Trump trying to choke a Secret Service agent. Right. Would you work for that person? Any of you out there, would you work for somebody who just came unglued, he didn't get his way, and tried to choke a Secret Service agent out of the blue, and then tried to wreck the vehicle by grabbing the steering wheel and turning it around? Anybody? Would you work for, the, for, for somebody who did that? So why did Cassidy Hutchinson, eight days after the incident happened, try to get a job with Donald Trump? Anybody? Hmm? Just, I'm wondering why that is. Sean Davis, the corrupt J6 committee's new surprise witness, was so appalled by Trump on January 6th that she was planning to go work for Trump at his Florida residence eight days after January 6th. And then he linked two articles from Bloomberg. Interesting stuff, don't you think? Trump plans to live at Mar-a-Lago and employ some current aides. Cassidy Hutchinson was named in that. Trump aides who may work for him after the White House include Nick Luna, the director of Oval Office Operations, and Trump's body man, Molly Michael, a deputy assistant to Trump, and Cassidy Hutchinson, an aide to Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, the people said. Okay. So I was following her on social media at that time. She didn't get the gig. It was like a week after that. Most of her posts were anti-Trump.
Very interesting stuff to watch. And she tried to present herself as a moderate centrist type person, right? A sensible anti-Trump guy. Like, yeah, I did some things okay, did some things not, not okay. And he just progressively became a little bit more anti-Trump as, as time progressed. Um, and then the news media started calling on her. Remember what I told you about somebody I used to work with who desperately wanted to go to Hollywood and work with celebrities, and she was always conservative, Republican, pro-gun, all that stuff. But she so desperately wanted to fit in in Hollywood so she could cover celebrities that she continued to radicalize herself a little bit more to the left every few months. You would see these posts about her. Now she's just full unhinged left-wing ideologue, and she's got great access to celebrities now. When in Rome, do what the Romans do, right? Been following Cassidy Hutchinson is a long time. This this is ultimately it. She didn't get a job, and she's bitter about it. MNC News time is 3.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. This. Painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800 633 9110 to learn more. That's C R E O N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. From the final phase, Electric Studios. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Maybe you're looking for a vehicle that's a lot easier for you to take control over if you have secret service agents trying to hold you back. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Get a more compact vehicle. Uh, I, here's the thing. I don't even know if it's possible for the president where the president would sit to even grab the steering wheel of the official presidential vehicle known as the beast and be able to commandeer it. <laughs> I honestly, I don't, cause we don't know a lot about what's inside that vehicle. Anyway, I don't think that it's even possible for him to do that. I could be wrong. Uh, but I, I would, I would venture to say that probably not, but I mean, it would take a serious bit of effort to be able to get through the security procedures, to get through whatever wall, window, block happens to separate the driver from everybody else in the vehicle. Um, all of that, of course, is you know armored and then be able to commandeer the vehicle. I, I would find that to be very, very difficult. But um, nonetheless, I suppose theoretically it could have all been opened. They, they could have just been chatting with one another, and he you know suddenly became not an obese orange man bad, but a super athlete in order to go ahead and lunge through and fit through that space to grab the steering wheel. Um, and, and for the record, just just so, because I know there's still some people out there that are like, well, you know, they haven't testified under oath yet that, uh, that she's lying. I will say this. Every single network news reporter who has the, the Secret Service beat, every single one of them, without fail now, NBC, ABC, CBS, um, Fox, CNN, they all have they all have people that cover the Secret Service. Every single one of them have said the exact same thing. The Secret Service is refuting this. And the Secret Service has offered to testify under oath that this didn't happen. But again, other people out there who just want to believe, right? They want to believe in unicorns and rainbows and all of that stuff. And, and they're just like, well, they haven't testified yet, so it doesn't count. But those are the people who will not apologize. They will not apologize. 
if the Secret Service does testify and say none of this happened, they will not apologize to you. They will call the Secret Service agents liars. That's what they will do. Now, part of this, again, is to ensure that Trump doesn't run for president again. They're really, really concerned about that. The other thing is to try and neuter his ability to endorse candidates effectively. Uh, well, um, today's Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Bunch of primaries yesterday, and Trump went 12-0 and 0 in endorsements. You know what his record is right now for endorsements? 144-10. to 10. I don't remember a president who had a record this, this strong. I really don't. I know it wasn't Obama because everybody Obama endorsed, just they flamed out. He had a terrible endorsement record after he left the White House. 144 to 10, and he went a perfect 12 and 0 yesterday. And had one candidate, had one candidate not made it, the news cycle would have been about how he's losing influence because one of those, one of those 12 endorsements didn't get through. That's what they did the last time when we had the uh, the last primaries where he had one or two candidates that didn't make it, even though the vast majority of his endorsements did. So he continues to be very, very effective at endorsing candidates, and they don't like that. So that's what they're trying to effectively kill off. All right, next. We have an update on a story yesterday that we talked about, of course, um, on Monday. I did a poll, and I talked about it throughout the show. If a teacher... Okay, if a teacher moonlights as an adult film star, should they be able to keep their job as a teacher? And you had a couple of different options. One was, yeah, there are adults that can do whatever they want in their own time. The other option was, no, it's it's immoral and it shows a lack of character. They shouldn't be able to teach kids. And the other one was they should be able to, but only if they don't make it known or accessible to children. So I, I expected that last option to win. It didn't. It was neck and neck there for a while, but eventually it was overwhelming that you, the audience, um, admittedly biased, not a scientific poll, said no, that a teacher should not be able to moonlight as an adult film star uh, or OnlyFans or what have you. Uh, it's immoral, shows bad character, shouldn't be around kids if you're doing that. Okay. So that was the poll results. Now, on Monday, we were planning on having Clifton French on to talk about why that poll was happening. There is a story, local story, about a teacher who moonlights on OnlyFans and sells pornography. And I've, I've given you my, my thoughts on this many times in the past. Most of you know I'm not, I'm not uh, against pornography. I know that many of you are. I'm not. And I generally don't care what adults do who are consenting. With that said, there is a real problem with making this stuff available and known to minors. And it used to be that, you know, you would have a teacher who maybe they went through a divorce or what have you, and they needed extra money. And so they would moonlight, you know, at the Glitter Gulch late at night, and nobody knew about it. Well, that's not the case anymore. People have websites, and they have to market those websites to get, to get clients. And one of the ways you do that is on conventional social media. I'm not allowed to link to a peer-reviewed clinical trial that is published on the National Institutes for Health.gov website, but somebody is allowed to post, you know, almost completely naked photos of themselves on the same platforms and tell you to give them money for them to uh, do things on camera for you. They can have that stuff posted. I am not allowed to link to a scientific study, just so we're crystal clear about that. Um, so anyway, we, we talked about this, and we had Clifton on yesterday. He wasn't able to come on on Monday, but he was able to come on yesterday, uh, published the article yesterday, and we went over this. So this is a, a local teacher 
And she was, again, um, she well, she's now been fired, but she was a teacher at Starbase. Now, Starbase works with STEM and the DOD and and all of that stuff. Uh, just some weird stuff with this. She she lied about it being a clean only fan. She tried to claim that Clifton was just some guy who wrote for a Facebook page, not that he's an investigative journalist. Um, and, you know, it's it just really weird stuff. Tried to accuse him of stealing content. He didn't steal anything. It's fair use anyway. Just really bizarre, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, my issue was that, not that she was doing it, and, and I, I made this clear yesterday, I don't care what you do in your own time. Now, there's going to be certain clauses that different different companies and bureaucracies will have. If you are going to be a teacher, I'm assuming that there's some kind of a morals clause that says you can't take your clothes off for money at night, um, but maybe there isn't, okay? I don't know how Starbase works. It's not my my job to formulate an opinion based on that, but if you're a parent, this is my opinion. This has been Clifton's position on these sorts of things in the past, as we've talked about them, is that if you're a parent, you should know that the teach the teacher who has access to your kids is doing this stuff because then you can make an informed decision about whether or not you want your child in that class. And it's entirely up to you. Well, it was a parent that brought this to his attention. So he started digging. Um, and again, she, she claimed that he was stealing content from her. That wasn't the case. It wouldn't be relevant anyway. And that sort of stuff. Well, she has been fired. Uh, now, what's interesting about this, though, is that we've learned some additional stuff. She was married. Now, she's divorced. But she's remember, she's a single mom. This is her defense of herself. I'm a single mom with student loans. Okay. I was, I was the breadwinner for a family of four with student loans, and I still paid them off. And I didn't make nearly as much as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was complaining about having $17,000 in student loans and how her $170,000 salary is not enough for her to cover the payments on her student loans the other day, which is laughable uh, considering how much money she makes. But, um, I, you know, this, this thing, it, it came out. She's, she's been fired. Um, I think a lot of people probably support that decision. Certainly Starbase doesn't want the attention on this. The problem is, is that um, while she's divorced now, she was married to somebody who was convicted of child molestation. And that's when she was married to that person when she started working for Starbase. And again, it's just, I keep telling you, there is this weird connection with education. It's not really weird, uh, but I think it's, most people don't want to believe that there is any danger in sending your kids to any kind of an educational institution, whether it's public, private, what have you. There really is. As I've told you my entire career, we have embraced a quantity over quality mindset in this country about educators. And part of that was to placate teachers unions whose sole purpose in life is to get more members and get more union dues to make more money. And the more money they make, the more lavish lifestyle union leadership leaves, leads, and then the more political influence they have by donating to politicians. It is a way to affect cultural change. This has been a strategy of all unions um, at the national level. I know that there's some smaller unions that don't engage in this, and they just focus on their workers. I understand that. But the big national unions, this is really their, their mentality. Get as many people as possible. Get as much money from those people as possible. Get money from people who don't even want to join our union, still force them to pay us. And then we can we can effectively change policy by becoming a major money donor in Washington, D.C. And that's what they do. And they they love to talk, tout, you know, Second Amendment lobbying in D.C. Second Amendment lobbying in D.C. is virtually non-existent. 
there isn't a powerful Second Amendment lobby when it comes to money in D.C. They don't donate a lot of money. The power of the NRA and other groups is that there's so many people who support them on the premise of the Second Amendment, but there's no actual, like, major money changing hands in D.C. Teachers unions dwarf anything with the Second Amendment when it comes to lobbying dollars. It's not even close, and that's just teachers unions. So that's really the issue here. And when you're you're just you're bringing as many people as you possibly can in, you know, you have people get through who may want access to kids. And I'm not saying that she does, but I also don't think she made any efforts to not be accessible to the kids. And that was what bothered me about it, that I could go to her Instagram. I could go to her Facebook publicly and see very, very, very inappropriate things, including nude posts. You know, eh, that was my issue with it. So I hope I hope she's able to recover. I truly do. I don't know much about her. Um, But nonetheless, this is the wise move by Starbase. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. On News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. I had to just respond to Gabby Orr and CNN uh, because the the January 6th committee issued a statement that uh, they basically said this. They said the committee trusts the credibility of a witness who is willing to testify under oath and in public. And and I thought that that was an interesting and ironic twist for the January 6th committee. Remember, the January 6th committee's premise, too, is that – Trump and anybody in Trump's sphere is a danger to democracy because they lied about any potential fraud in the 2020 election. It's not just about what happened on January 6th. Uh, Liz Cheney has made this very clear. Uh, Other members of the committee have made this very clear. So them going out there and saying that they trust the credibility of witnesses are willing to testify under oath and in public is interesting to me because hundreds of people testified under oath risking jail time and had sworn affidavits that they witnessed fraud in the 2020 election. And all of those people are seen as not credible and are completely rejected by the January 6th committee. And in fact, they haven't called any of those witnesses to testify at all. Uh, It's it's really interesting. And, you know, I've seen a couple of people on the left today, and I found this was also very funny. A couple of people on the left today are like, call Donald Trump, let him testify and defend this. Well, Donald Trump has said he's willing to. (laughs) it's the committee who has said that they don't want to call him as a witness the committee's the one that decided they were not going to call donald trump as a witness for january 6th and i said i don't blame them i do not blame them at all so i just thought it was ironic you know either you appreciate and you believe witnesses who will you know testify under oath publicly or you won't so, and as I've said before, I, I, I find it very interesting that they would have a, a uh, discrepancy in how they handle that. Seems like they will trust their witnesses, but not other witnesses. And like I said, if uh, the, the Secret Service does testify that uh, Cassidy Hutchinson is in fact telling the truth and that all of the other news outlets that are reporting the Secret Service is denying this, um, then we will certainly tell you that. The Bataclan terror attack, the ISIS bomber has been uh, found guilty of mass murder in the 2015 Paris blast. Uh, The chief suspect of the 2015 bombing of Paris that killed 130 people has been found guilty of murder and attempted murder in relation to a terrorist enterprise, according to a French court uh, yesterday. 
the conviction of Saleh uh, Abdeslam, the lone survivor of the attack, brings an end to the extraordinary nine-month trial held in the 13th century Justice Palace. The sentencing is expected later today. He faces up to life in prison without parole on murder and other counts. And the harshest sentence, which is available under the French judicial system, they do not uh, execute bad guys over there. And remember, everybody else died. All of the other terrorists died. He's the only one that actually survived the attack. So he was found guilty, and sentencing is expected to happen at some point today. Uh, if it does happen during the show, we will let you know. Okay, But we expect him to get life in prison. I find it difficult to believe that he's not going to get out. But then again, it is France. You never know. All right, make sure you follow me online, Truth Social at Casey the Host. Again, truthsocial.com at Casey the Host. If you don't know, everybody can join Truth Social now. You don't need to have an Apple device. You can go to the website and join there. And also follow me and subscribe on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the Host. That's where all the live streams go. That's where all of my video content goes. Definitely check that out. And uh, look forward to having you on there. Thank you. A lot of growth with the podcast. Massive growth, actually, over the past month. I do appreciate that. So, again, Truth Social, at Casey the Host, rumble.com, slash Casey the Host. Hit that subscribe button. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Plus, she's going to feel taller, Mike, and she's going to save money. That's three birds, one stone. That's a home run in my book. And when she saves money, hey, you're on top of the world. But you can even save more money because right now at r Car Company, that's right, 2.75% with approved credit. That's the lowest rate I've heard of. $3,500 minimum for your trade-in, or they'll match your down payment up to $3,500. Look. Be the big hero, Big Mike. Be the man. Get to R&B Car Company. You can get your wife online and shop right now and get pre-approved at rbcarcompany.com. From the final phase, Electric Studios. From the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Uh, before we move on to the latest uh, topic here, I, I do want to address something that just came up on the live stream. It's a really good point. Uh, somebody said, are you really testifying under oath if you're only testifying on hearsay? Remember... Cassidy Hutchinson didn't witness any of the things that she said Trump did. She was told by other staffers that he did them. And we do know uh, from previous stories that staffers would routinely lie about Trump to other people because they knew that those people had contacts in the media and were regularly engaged with communicating with them. Um so yeah, here's the thing. It's a very good point because all Cassidy Hutchinson has to do is say, well, if it wasn't true, I didn't lie to the committee under oath because I was told this. So to truly determine whether or not Cassidy Hutchinson was told these things, the January 6th committee would have to call the witnesses and she would have to out them as the individuals who told her this. They would have to call them under oath and ask them if they actually saw what they told, allegedly, Cassidy Hutchinson's, uh, Hutchinson that they did see. And if they say, no, we didn't actually see that, the next question is, 
did you tell Cassidy Hutchinson that you saw that? And if they say no, then Cassidy Hutchinson has lied under oath. If they say, yeah, we told her that, then she would not have lied under oath. And we would have known that they made it all up. So I don't expect Cassidy Hutchinson to tell anybody who those staffers are. And I don't expect the January 6th committee to call any of those staffers and put them on the stand. Well, put them in the committee hearing under oath, really not on the stand. Because the potential for getting people thrown behind bars is real. So right now, Cassidy Hutchinson has what's called plausible deniability. Well, I was told this. I don't know if it happened. I didn't see it. This is just what I was told. Well, who told you that? Well, I'm not going to divulge my sources. You get it? Because if she did divulge her sources, it could mean that she goes to jail for lying or it means they could potentially be in big trouble. So very good question. Very good point that somebody made on the live stream. Okay, I got to talk about TikTok. Um, This is, here's, okay, first of all, there's a couple of things. I need you to, two stories I didn't do that are recent stories. And they go back to two weeks ago, okay? Story number one, deleted TikTok videos are still available for law enforcement. So once again, this is going to come as a big surprise for you younger folks out there. I, I don't know why this continues to be a surprise for you. You should be well aware of this technology by now. When you delete something from the internet, it has never gone from the internet. It is always available, okay? So any deleted TikTok videos are still available to law enforcement. You are never able to delete a TikTok video, ever. TikTok won't delete it either. They will take it down. Nobody will be able to see it, but they will. They'll be able to see it. They'll be able to hold it over you for the rest of your life. They'll be able to uh, provide access to law enforcement or what have you, okay? Global social media powerhouse China's TikTok is no stranger to questionable practices and a low level of transparency. And there was a time when it was even close to getting banned in the United States. And again, Trump was considering banning TikTok with good reason. By the way, you can follow me on TikTok at Casey the Host. However, the platform has since been thriving and even reportedly proving itself useful to law enforcement. Now, this is all in the United States. Okay, This is not in China. But it's not all good. It's the FBI that is allegedly digging deep into TikTok's personal user information trove to gain access to videos, messages, location data that users thought that they had deleted. This is Reclaim the Net, by the way. We've heard of this kind of thing before. Reports of Facebook at all still miraculously keeping hold even after content that was never visibly online. Something that you typed into the status box and then decided against posting. They saved that information. So if you're going to, you know, you're going to go to Facebook, for example, and it's like, hey, compose a post. And you're like, you know what? I really hate so-and-so, and I really hate this company, and I wish it would all die. And you're like, I'm not going to post that. You delete it. Guess what? It's available to law enforcement. Facebook never actually deletes it. Even though you never hit enter, you never posted it. It's still there. Basically using key loggers to document every stroke that you have on their platform. Now, Forbes believes that Google and Facebook, Instagram have more clear rules than TikTok these days as it reports about a case when a bank robbery suspect, Fernando Enriquez, and a number of others being tracked down with a valid search warrant as well across multiple social media. In fact, all three of them, emails, phone numbers, and ostensibly given to the tech giants by the suspect in order to create accounts, were correlated to essentially identify Enriquez online. But it was on TikTok that the FBI found what resembled 
a getaway car allegedly used by Enriquez, as well as images showing the suspect's tattoos that were matched to surveillance data. The warrant cited in the report, however, doesn't exactly reveal how the FBI was able to get this data from deleted TikTok posts. Okay? Which means the posts don't get deleted. Here's another story. Leaked internal audio from TikTok shows that U.S. user data has been accessed from China in spite of denials by the platform. TikTok employees based in China have repeatedly accessed sensitive data from the U.S. users despite the company previously indicating that the information would only be accessed from inside the United States. This means the Chinese Communist Party has access to all of your personal info. The revelation was contained in a report from BuzzFeed News, of all places, that highlighted various statements made by numerous employees over the course of more than 80 internal TikTok meetings. The fear that U.S. officials have is that U.S. user data could be accessed by ByteDance, the Chinese parent company of TikTok, because Chinese companies are subjected to the rule of the Chinese Communist Party. This was one of the reasons that the Trump administration strongly considered banning TikTok. If you're a member of the military and you have TikTok on your phone, the Chinese Communist Party can get your coordinates. They know where you are. Got it? It got to the point where at some at one point in time, not anymore, at one point in time, you were not supposed to have TikTok at all if you were ever on deployment. The risk is that the government could force ByteDance to collect and turn over information as a form of data espionage. There is, however, another concern that the soft power of the Chinese government could impact how ByteDance executives direct their American counterparts to adjust the levers of TikTok's powerful For You algorithm, which recommends videos to its more than 1 billion users. Senator Ted Cruz, for instance, has called TikTok's a, TikTok a Trojan horse that the Chinese Communist Party can use to influence what Americans see hear and ultimately think now this has been hacked before the algorithm has been hacked before so for those of you who don't know on tiktok there is a for you page this is not the people that you follow this is just hey we think you'll like these videos okay now there are young people who think that you're on tiktok and you only get content based on the algorithm of your behavior on the app that'll show up in the For You page. That is not true. TikTok will push whatever content they want to you on your For You page. Some of the stuff that you see might be things that you've expressed an interest with. So if you hop on to TikTok to get barbecue recipes, then yeah, you'll have a couple of videos dedicated to barbecue. They're also going to push a bunch of social justice stuff they'll push a bunch of things that are designed to divide the country they'll push their platform on you and of course they will push paid content and they will push the cesspit of tiktok which are basically people taking their clothes off they will push all of that to your for you page even if you never seek out that content okay so it is important that you understand that if you're a parent or a grandparent you've got young kids around who might be on tiktok they will see this stuff because it is being pushed in our society. It is not pushed in China's society. In China, they don't push women taking their clothes off. In China, they push engineering and technical feats and things like that. That's what they push to their For You page in China. They push depravity to the American and European For You page. 
And as we've highlighted before, this opens up a, a tremendous opportunity for them to influence politics and things of that nature in the past. It's also a very powerful tool for people like me because just randomly, a bunch of you will get videos from me even though you don't follow me. So it's a two-edged sword. But there is something else that has now come out about TikTok, and it actually has the Biden administration calling for TikTok to be banned in the United States. It's no longer just a Trump issue. We'll talk about that next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendricks. News, weather, and traffic during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. All right, so a couple of stories in the past couple of weeks about TikTok. And as I've told you before, uh, I don't recommend that the average everyday person get TikTok. If you go to TikTok, your mission should be to go to TikTok to engage in the culture war. Because TikTok is a cesspit. And it is designed to be a cesspit by the Chinese Communist Party to further the cultural decline of their chief rival, the United States of America. That is what is happening on TikTok. Yeah, is there good content on TikTok? Are there good creators on TikTok? A hundred percent. There's a, a lot of really awesome stuff on TikTok that you have to wade through the crap to get to. But here's the thing. It is a genuine national security risk. So we got two stories in the past couple of weeks. One, deleted videos on TikTok and deleted content on TikTok are not deleted ever. They're fully accessible to government entities whenever they want. TikTok never deletes it. The second story is leaked internal audio and memos from TikTok corporate shows that the Chinese Communist Party in China has been accessing your personal information. So they know a lot about you, okay? This can obviously be used to compromise national security by going after members of the military. This can be used to manipulate American citizens based on political ideology, based on a whole bunch of other demographics and everything else. All of the things that you were afraid of Facebook doing because of the data that Facebook had on you, TikTok is doing at a whole other level. Now, while the Trump administration strongly considered banning TikTok, it was seen as, ah, you're just an old fuddy-duddy Republican thing, right? And that's mostly because people don't understand what's happening. Well, enter the Biden administration. A member of the FCC... The Federal Communications Commission's leadership called on Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their platforms due to the video hosting services access in China. Remember, this is all stuff that TikTok lied to you about. TikTok said nobody in China can access your personal information. That is not true. We now know for a fact that that is a lie. The FCC Commissioner, Brendan Carr, in a letter dated on June 24th, wrote Apple CEO Tim Cook and Google CEO Sundar Pichai to request that they remove TikTok from their respective online stores for failing to comply to their company's policies and posing serious national security threats. Now, how many times, i got to ask this question, how many times does TikTok have to get caught jeopardizing American national security before steps are taken to hurt the feelings of anybody who might be on TikTok and TikTok famous. TikTok is not just another video app. That's the sheep's clothing, Carr tweeted on Tuesday. It harvests swaths of sensitive data that new reports show are being accessed in Beijing. I've called on Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores for this pattern of surreptitious data practices. 
The New York Times reported that Carr's request unlikely would gain traction because the FCC does not regulate the app stores, which is true. They do not. And the commission's agenda largely is set by its Democrat chair, Jessica Rosen Rosenworcel. I don't know her last name. Anyway, in his letter to the CEOs, Carr cited a recent BuzzFeed News report saying that leaked audio recordings show the Beijing-based TikTok parent company, ByteDance, repeatedly accessed sensitive data collected from the U.S. users who downloaded the app in the Apple or Google store. TikTok maintains that it has taken steps to keep Chinese employees from gaining access to its data, although the company said that it was routing all data from U.S. users through servers controlled by the American cloud computing company, Oracle. A recent report said that it was struggling to do so. So it's telling everybody, no, 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 we're routing everything through Oracle. Oracle's handling this, except they're, they're not able to really make this work. They're struggling with that. TikTok has long claimed that its U.S. user data has been stored on servers in the U.S., and yet those representations provided no protection against the data being accessed from Beijing, he wrote. Now, Carr is a Republican. That really shouldn't matter. BuzzFeed is a very liberal publication. BuzzFeed's the one that has this scoop. And for, like, the second time in all of human history, I am telling you that BuzzFeed did a good job of breaking a story because BuzzFeed is largely garbage some of you are shocked that buzzfeed is even still around indeed tiktok statements that 100 of u.s user traffic is being routed to oracles to oracle says nothing about where that data can be accessed from all true and oracle is a good company it was reported tuesday that six republican senators wrote treasury secretary janet yellen to demand that the biden administration provide a plan to combat any security risks posed by tiktok Janet Yellen doesn't understand what TikTok is. Janet Yellen doesn't even understand how our basic economic principles work. Did you see the video of Janet Yellen the other day claiming at a committee hearing that Biden had reduced the deficit and then being shown a chart of the deficit going up under Biden's budget every single year? And her going, as basically Janet Yellen. It was a very simple question. How can you claim that the deficit is being reduced if the deficit is going up every single year in Biden's budget? If you ever heard Janet Yellen talk, she sounds exactly like that. She's like a Wookiee who hasn't grown up. It was reported Tuesday the six Republican senators wrote Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen again, hey, we can need a plan on this. We write to inquire about the Biden administration's delayed response to the national security and privacy risk posed by TikTok. The video sharing social media platform developed and owned by the Chinese company ByteDance LTD. Now, those six Republican senators had to tell Janet Yellen what TikTok was and who owns them because she probably has no idea what it is. She's one of those individuals that's like, you know, uh, they were robbed at gunpoint. They were shot at gunpoint. And Janet Yellen is the old uh, Seinfeld bitch. She's probably sitting there going, why do people keep going to gunpoint? Seems like a dangerous place. So they had to tell her specifically what TikTok was. But this is this is the thing. This is a very concerning thing. And I've told you before, there's something called MilTalk, okay? It's TikTok, but it's military members of TikTok. There's a lot of police officers on TikTok, too. Tons of them. And there is a tremendous opportunity for abuse here. And obviously, you don't want an adversarial country having access to Americans' data this way. And that is the real concern. 
uh, bite dance at some point in time during the Trump administration. They tried to do reorganization that allowed them to stay open in the United States when the Trump administration was strongly considering banning them in the country. Um, they did that adjustment. They didn't do what they promised they were doing, according to BuzzFeed's information. Now, it is BuzzFeed, so I suppose it is certainly acceptable for you to take a, a seat back and go, Casey, maybe you're overreacting here. BuzzFeed is hot garbage who likes to report things that are not true. That's a fair criticism. And I would say that I don't have any evidence that they're not lying to you. Uh, but at this point in time, I would say that we should probably err on caution and at least figure out what the Biden administration's plan or strategy is here, just in case BuzzFeed is correct in their reporting. Because what if they are? If they are correct, this is a serious national security risk. And this could affect military personnel and everything else. So um, for those of you who think that, well, you know, Casey, TikTok might not be a big deal. I have it on the app, you know, whatever. Okay. All right. Um, do you have any idea how many foreign fighters in Ukraine have been killed because somebody left their cell phone location data on? Hundreds. Did you not hear about that? Yeah, see, some of these foreign fighters, you go to Ukraine, right, and you get stuck in these barracks, and they separate you by country. And so the English speakers end up, like, in one barrack, and then, you know, people who are not English-speaking, they're in another barrack and that sort of thing. So it makes it a little bit easier. And some folks, because they were trying to get social media clout, were posting on Reddit and TikTok and everywhere else, and they got their location data on. They're like, look, prove, I'm proving that I'm here. They put their location data on. Yeah, and a Rus Rus Russian missile just pff, leveled the whole, the whole barracks. Hundreds of people dead. This is a real concern. This is not something that is hyperbole or fantasy or anything else. This is very real danger, and it affects national security. If you've got military personnel who are on deployment, who are posting videos to TikTok, and they're using their location data and stuff like that, or even if they're not using their location data, TikTok has access to that data, and so does the Chinese Communist Party. Now, what if China has taken up support for one entity in a conflict? We're taking up support for another entity in the conflict, which happens, you know, 100% of the time. And you've got U.S. military personnel who are posting to TikTok. The Chinese Communist Party accesses that data and then provides it to the enemy. Next thing you know, we've got military personnel that are coming under fire because the Chinese Communist Party has provided intelligence to our enemies. That is a very real thing. And it's something that TikTok said they were not doing, yet they are, according to their own internal memos. That is some scary stuff. Also, follow me on TikTok at Casey the Host. MSC News Time is 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. This one, this one hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm not going to lie, okay? I am a big Hero 6 fan i think it's one of the best movies ever made for kids i absolutely love it um i'm a fan of the comic book 
and I haven't devoted my life to reading the comic book, but I've seen a couple of issues of uh, Big Hero 6, and I'm a big fan of Big Hero 6. I absolutely love the movie. Kids watch the movie with regularity. Now, they have a new series, which I actually got pretty pretty excited about when I saw the advertisement for this. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus, and uh, the main, the main uh, character, if you will, in Big Hero 6 is Baymax, and the series is called Baymax. The problem is that now it has come out that Disney Disney's uh, put a menstruating transgender man in the series. Ugh. Now, I will admit, I haven't seen the episode. I don't know. I don't know all the details of this. I don't know how it's presented. I don't know if it's presented as a joke. I don't know if it's not presented as a joke, but it's Disney. So my assumption is it is not presented as a joke. That is presented as, uh, to quote one of their producers, my not-so-secret gay agenda. In Disney's latest effort to smuggle transgender ideology into its entertainment for kids, the new animated Disney Plus series Baymax features a transgender man who menstruates and gives advice on which maxi pad to buy. The one with wings, is the quote. Now, this begins streaming today on Disney+. Plus. Uh, follows the adventures of the balloon-like robot from the 2014 movie Big Hero 6, uh, who is on a mission to serve as a good Samaritan to the residents of the fictional city of uh, San Francisco. Uh-huh. The transgender character appears in episode 3, titled Sophia, in which Baymax assists a 12-year-old girl who experiences her first monthly visitor when a mortified Sophia barricades herself in a gender-neutral bath, uh, restroom at school, Baymax offers to buy her uh, menstrual hygiene materials. At the store, Baymax is bombarded by suggestions from helpful shoppers, including a transgender character who is wearing a transgender flag shirt. I always get the one wings, the trans man tells Baymax. The scene was first reported by journalist Christopher Rufo. So... Uh, everything woke turns to what again? I I don't I don't need to have this conversation with my five year old who likes Big Hero Six. This isn't a conversation that a five year old should be having with her dad. Uh, it's not something that's going to make its way on in the house as a result of this. It, it's just again you're you're taking something that has a huge following that people absolutely love, and what you're doing is you're trying to shove your ideology into it. Hollywood does this a lot. So if you have a television series, for example, brand new television series. So what do they do? They throw all the stuff that they know everybody wants into that series. Uh, some examples could be in like these dramas that you get on like HBO. A lot of nudity, a lot of sex, a lot of violence in season one. And they get everybody hooked and then they don't do it ever again. And everybody's like, this isn't the same thing. Um, and I know that it's a morally depraved suggestion, but... You know, they do this with regularity. You get people invested into something. They look forward to it. And then in season two, they hit you over the head with wokeness. They they also did this with Picard uh, with uh, with Star Trek. So season one of Picard has a little wokeness in season one of Picard. But Star Trek's always had a little bit of that. So if you like Star Trek, you can get away with watching season one of Picard and, and not being perturbed by anything that happens. Season two, 
is white people are evil, law enforcement is evil, ICE agents are evil, immigration uh, services are evil, and you're evil if you support any of those things. Oh, and by the way, the entire world went to hell in a handbasket and World War III broke out and nukes went everywhere because of the January 6th incident. True story. That's all in season two of Picard. Season one of Picard gets people to go, all right, cool, season one, all right, yeah, fine, okay, I, I get it, you know, whatever. Season two is just hitting you over the head with garbage. And there are numerous series series that do this. They rope you in, you watch it, you tell all of your friends about it, it becomes popular, maybe it wins some awards or whatever. Everybody looks forward to season two. Everybody catches up on season one right before season two comes out. Season two comes out, and it is nothing but woke trash. And then it fails miserably, and Hollywood's like, we don't understand what happened. And Baymax is one of those things. Like, okay, this is a show for little children. Yeah, older kids can watch it too. It's entertaining. It's based off of a comic book. It's based off of a really, really good movie. Big Hero 6 seriously is one of the best Disney films ever. It is easily top three favorites for me. But... Now, you're trying to, there's been an animated series, which isn't that good, but you've been trying to kind of get off of that, that popularity here, and in not episode one, no, 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 you got to get them on episode three. So in episode three, that's where they hit you with the transgender agenda. So you watch episode one, and it was like, hey, this actually is much more in line with the movie, and that's great. And then episode two is like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Still in line with the movie. Episode three, and you're going, what the heck? Now you've got a kid who's complaining that they can't watch Big Hero 6 anymore because, you know, reasons that you haven't explained to them, and it's all designed to drive a wedge between you and your children. That's what all of this is about, folks. It's always about driving a wedge between the families. That's what all of the, the people who are allegedly teachers who go on TikTok, who talk about how they do things behind parents' back, it's all designed to drive a wedge between you and your children. And for for many people, this scene will be so small and so minuscule, it won't be a big deal. But that's the point. The point is to make it small. It's just small, not a big deal. And then the next time around, it'll be a little bit bigger, and then it'll be a little bit bigger, and it'll be a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger. It's incrementalism. And they've taken yet another thing that is beloved by people and have tried to hit you over the head with their agenda instead of just making it about the story. And they chose not to. They chose to put an agenda on your kids instead of making it about the story. And that's the problem. And Disney doesn't seem to understand why people are so upset with them. They don't seem to understand why their stock price is down. They don't seem to understand why people are not subscribing to Disney Plus anymore. And it's because they are constantly beating you over the head with nonsense. And every time something comes out and you're like, all right, we'll give it a, we'll give it a go. Kids want to watch it. We'll watch it. And he's like, eh, no, can't do that again. Because they're just, they're attacking you. They're attacking their customers. What business survives attacking its customers? You know, there are companies out there that, they get formed because they just want to serve as many people as possible. The goal is to have as many customers as possible, not to take positions on anything, just to sell a quality product with good customer service, right? 
And the moment those businesses take a political stance, they inherently are going to anger half of their customer base. And it's a very terrible idea. Then there are businesses who are established to cater to a very specific group of people. Maybe like a coffee company caters, I don't know, to veterans and people who are pro-Second Amendment and that sort of thing. And then when said company violates those principles and attacks their customer base, the company gets a little weirded out as to why all of a sudden their core customers aren't buying for them, uh, buying from them, I should say. Why is everybody not buying from us anymore? Well, because you attacked everybody. Stop attacking your customer base. And that's all Disney has been doing for the past couple of years is just attacking its customer base. And it started with the Mandal. I mean, it started before the Mandalorian, but it really started the, the modern bit of this started with the Mandalorian, which is by far and away one of the best things that Star Wars has ever done. But what happens? You have one of the main characters who's getting ready to have her own spinoff series, had the audacity to not want to be a tyrant when it came to masking or vaccines or what have you. And what did she do? She, she posted she posted a simple meme that was historically accurate that talked about how the Germans, the, Nazi, the Nazi, Nazis in Germany, turned German neighbors against German neighbors. And that's how they, they were able to get the Jews didn't start with guns, didn't start with disarming people. It started with creating a culture of hate. And that was her point. And we have to stop creating a culture of hate. And Gina Carano, who is universally beloved by everybody who's ever worked with her, was fired for posting something that was historically accurate. And the people at Disney lied and said that she was anti-Semitic. Which, of course, she is not. She never said anything anti-Semitic. And she was written out of the show. And they couldn't understand why so many people deleted Disney Plus from their televisions and canceled their memberships. They, they couldn't understand what was going on. So much so that they actually considered bringing her back. And it's just been one attack after another since then. So yet you take another beloved enterprise... You get people roped into it the first couple of episodes, and then in episode three, wham, woke ideology. Too late. You're already, uh, you're already invested in the series now where your kids are, so good luck uh, canceling this and not letting your kids watch this anymore. And tell me that that isn't predatory behavior. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey. Until midnight on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. As most of you know, there is a new law with guns in the state of Indiana that goes into effect on July 1st. And uh, by the way, I want to credit some of my listeners for posting this on the Discord server. Thank you for that. So if you go to the Attorney General's website, Todd Rakita has a question and answer section on firearms. That has been updated uh, because of the new law that goes into effect on the 1st of July. So once again, open carry is now the law of the state on July 1st. Not now. Got to wait just a little longer. So question, is a license to carry a handgun required in Indiana? No. A permit or license is not required to possess or carry a handgun, shotgun, or rifle in Indiana 
after July 1st, 2022. Handguns, shotguns, and rifles are allowed in the vehicles of all persons 18 years of age and older who have not been deemed an improper person by the state. An improper person could be someone with a felony conviction, domestic violence offense, or has a dangerous mental illness, among other disqualifying reasons. In short, any proper person as defined by Indiana Code may legally carry a handgun concealed or openly or have a handgun in their vehicle without a license. Now, again, uh, this always comes up. What should I do with the license that I have? Well, keep it because this has reciprocity, which means you can carry in other states. If you still want to carry in other states, you still need to get some some license that allows you to do that. So again, you can um, you can apply for the free lifetime handgun permit. Uh, you can still get the other one. All of that is still available at in.gov. It is entirely up to you. Okay, if you plan on carrying in another state, I still recommend that you get the license that is best for the states that you plan on carrying. I know a lot of people that carry a couple of different licenses because they cover different states with reciprocity rules and that sort of thing. Um, Is open carry legal in Indiana? Yes, both openly carrying or concealing a firearm are legal in Indiana, does not require an additional license. And again, that is on July 1st, all right? It's only the 29th of June, just so you know. Um, There are still restrictions on where you can carry a firearm. As a responsible gun owner, be sure to take note of those restricted areas. Indiana law prohibits carrying a firearm in schools, secure areas of airports, commercial or chartered aircrafts, casinos, the Indiana Government Center, the state fairgrounds, unless the gun is for sale or trade at a fairgrounds event, and penal institutions, among other locations. Be aware. Federal law prohibits firearms in certain locations, including all federal facilities and in school zones, including within 1,000 feet of school property, subject to certain exceptions. Okay, this is all the rules in Indiana. The other one that comes up is, can a private business prohibit me from carrying a firearm? Um, And as I've told people before, you know, people get kind of upset about this. They get, you know, a little irritated. It's my constitutional right. Well, you know, it's their constitutional right for private property as well. Uh, the attorney general addresses this on if you can carry in a private business. Uh, private businesses and property owners may restrict you from carrying a weapon on their property. Be mindful of signage when entering a private business. While it is generally not against the law to ignore a no firearm sign at a private business, you may commit criminal trespass for entering a business after you have been denied entry or have been asked to leave. So... If you see the sign that says you're not allowed to be armed when you come in here, that business has a right to deny you access to their personal property. As I have to say numerous times, this has come up over the years, you have a right to your Second Amendment. They have a right to their property rights. And if you don't want to delay or suspend your Second Amendment rights while going onto their private property. That is your choice, but you do not get to disobey and violate their property rights. Now, some people will say, I'm just going to carry it concealed anyway. Okay, uh, there's a good chance that if you are caught, they will ask you to leave. 
At which point you have to say, I'm sorry, I'm leaving, have a good day. And you walk out. The moment you say no, you've committed a crime. It's criminal trespass at that point. You've been asked to leave. Even if you disagree with their reasoning, it is their property. And at that point, you can get into legal trouble. So if you want to risk it, that's up to you. Uh, I try to respect people's uh, private property. I know that many of you have said it's always uh, it's always best to to uh, ask for forgiveness than permission. Okay, that's fair enough. That's your philosophy. It's okay. Uh, but you, if you are ever asked, like if you reach up for something on a top shelf and somebody sees your piece, you're going to have to leave if they ask you to leave. You don't get to pull the hole. That's my Second Amendment. You can't make me leave thing because you don't have a right to violate somebody's property rights. Okay. So this is up on the uh, the Attorney General's website right now. They even cover other questions that are fairly common, but they updated it because of the new law going into effect on July 1st. So I'd encourage you to read through it just so you're up on what is changing, what is not changing, and maybe some other questions that you have that the Attorney General answered on this questionnaire on their website. So once again, thank you to the listener who posted that on the Discord server earlier today. It was a, it was a wise move to post that. It'll probably come up again uh, before the end of the week, uh, maybe on Friday as we remind everybody of it. But nonetheless, um, the law is changing on July 1st. You no longer need that license to carry, but you still have to respect the rules. More coming up. WTRC FM and HD1. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Let's... Uh, couple of people once again were were still asking and this is it this is one of those things where it's almost like a fever dream you don't believe that you don't need a license or a permit to carry anymore on july 1st and so, so when somebody says it no 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 constitutional carry you are allowed to carry a gun if you can legally own and carry a gun you can carry a gun without a license or a permit on january excuse me not january july 1st my apologies okay uh happy independence month but there's still some people like, really? Like, even concealed? Like, is it a trap? Like, Admiral Akbar is, like, back there going, it's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap. If you do it, you'll get, you'll get arrested. No, you are allowed to do it on July 1st. That is the law. It's constitutional carry. Constitutional carry's entire premise is that you don't need a permit or a license to carry, even concealed, in the state of Indiana. Still a lot of benefits to having your license, though. Uh, like I said, it's reciprocity in other states. Uh, some people have pointed out on my live stream that it makes it easier for you to get, you know, insurance um, and things like that when you're you're getting those types of legal services uh, for those who carry firearms and have insurance just in case you do get in, God forbid, a shootout. Um, they, it makes it a little bit easier for you, opens up some options, makes it better for you. So there's definitely reasons for you to still have it. Um, and my recommendation, once again, I know you don't have to, get training get training get comfortable on the firearm that you plan on carrying so that way you can carry it in a safe and effective manner and god forbid you ever have to use it you'll be able to use it effectively and with as much lethality as needed to neutralize the threat and protect innocent lives that is critical 
there will be a lot of people, and they're they're hoping for this, by the way, there will be a lot of people who are like, oh, I can just carry now. I don't have to worry about going to a class. And they'll shoot themselves in the leg. They'll make their own holster, and they won't know that you have to block off the trigger, the trigger guard, or else the holster will fire the gun. They won't know any of that stuff. So just do yourself a favor. And, and I know that this goes without saying, and we're talking about like one or two people in the entire state will have this problem, but um, get training to carry because it is a different monster and you need to be able to do it responsibly because you don't want to give the anti-gun activists out there any excuse um, to go on a tirade about any of this. Now, speaking of firearms, but this is in the People's Republic of California. It used to be a part of this country way back in the day. Uh, the attorney general has actually leaked all of the personal information on gun, gun owners in the state of California. Do you see this? This is not the first time this type of stuff has happened before. As a part of his gun violence reduction program, California built a brand new database aimed at tracking things like gun violence restraining orders and helping the public access data on firearms in California, including information about the issuance of concealed carry permits. And again, we've talked about other states trying to do this as well, where if you get a concealed carry permit in California, your dweeby neighbor who doesn't like you can find out. Prior to the launch of the 2022 Firearms Dashboard Portal, fancy name for database, the People's Republic of California claimed that the new database would aid the public and reduce gun violence in the state. Cool. Examples of databases that have reduced gun violence in any nation. Go. Zero. Zero. Transparency is key to increasing public trust between law enforcement and the communities that we serve, said the Attorney General Bunta. As news of tragic mass shootings continue to dominate the news cycle, leaving many with feelings of fear and, and uncertainty, we must do everything we can to prevent gun violence. One of my continued priorities is to better provide the information needed to help advance efforts to strengthen California's common sense gun laws. Today's announcement puts power and information into the hands of our communities by helping them better understand the role that the role and potential dangers of firearms within our state. Because if there's a gun around, it's bad. Upon the launch of the new portal, however, the names and addresses and license types of all concealed carry permit holders in California were exposed. The data leak occurred after the State Department of Justice suffered a data breach, according to authorities. And I'm just going to say this. Data breach my foot. CrowdStrike, who works for the DNC, probably did it. You probably had the attorney general in the state of California go to his buddy over at CrowdStrike who works for the DNC and say, hey, cow, cow, uh, CrowdStrike cows. <laughs> Freudian slip. I was thinking about Hillary Clinton. So cows popped in my head. CrowdStrike, uh, can you go ahead and just like, you know, make it look like there's been a data breach and breach all of this data so everybody knows? No problem, comrade. This public site allows access to certain information. However, personal information of concealed carry weapon permit holders is not supposed to be visible, according to the sheriff's office. The leaked information included the, the people's names, their race, their home address, their date of birth, and the date of their CCW permit was issued. The data also distinguishes if a permit holder is a member of law enforcement or a judge. Nothing wrong with telling all of the bad guys where the judges and cops are in the neighborhood, right? The leak also included the state dealer record for sales data, which shows assault weapons registry. Wow. 
Before the database was taken down, the portal showed 244 judge permits listed in the database and included their home addresses, full names, dates of birth for all of them. The data also included information on custodial officers, people with a place of employment permit, the reserve officers, thousands of people in Los Angeles County with licenses also had their information compromised as well. The California Rifle and Pistol Association slammed the leak, saying that it was looking at a potential legal action against the state. Sue them for everything. I'm willing to bet if you get some forensic people in here, you'll find out that this was not an accident. This was intentional. Casey, it's not Tinfoil Tuesday. Doesn't matter. Day in the week ends in day, it's Tinfoil Tuesday. All right. Freedom Fest. Do you know what Freedom Fest is? Anybody out there heard of Freedom Fest before? So Freedom Fest is a libertarian film festival. And you've heard me say some things about libertarians in the past. Um, and, and, and it's just, you know, I don't think the Libertarian Party exists anymore. And I have a lot of friends who are libertarian. I've voted for many libertarians in the past. We'll continue to vote for a lot of libertarians in the future. But as I've said before, as a party, I don't believe that the Libertarian Party exists anymore. They've given way to uh, doing everything they can to get everybody who is disenfranchised with the right or the left to come into the Libertarian tank. And the problem is, is that none of those people get along. And as a result, the Libertarian Party in general, on a national level, has allowed itself to, well, to violate its own ideals. And I think that that's been pretty evident in recent elections and positions held by so-called libertarian media and that sort of thing. So Freedom Fest, which is a prominent libertarian convention, which hosts speakers and its own annual film festival, has now come under fire in recent weeks for a decision to ban a documentary. Um, now, the the documentary stars Nick Fuentes, which... I don't know anything about him. There's a lot of people who say that he he does some bad things. There's a lot of people who say that those uh, accusations are not accurate. I don't know anything about this guy. I have listened to five minutes of him, and frankly, I'm I'm not interested. Uh, he doesn't um, he he doesn't have the things that I need to want to listen to somebody. Okay, nothing against him or his fans. He's clearly built a a loyal fan base and a large one at that. But I don't know a lot about this guy. All I know is that he's been accused of various things and his supporters say that it's not true. Okay. That's really all I know. However, the, the idea that a libertarian film festival won't allow anybody at all, regardless of their affiliations to present a film is contrary to libertarian ideals. Is it not? So even if you don't like Nick Fuentes, even if you think Nick Fuentes says things that are not good for the general public, okay? So whether you think it's racist or whatever it is, and that's he's been accused of, of some anti-Semitism and racism, but again, who in this business hasn't? And again, I don't know anything about him. So let's just say he does, all right? libertarian ideology says you can be a member of the KKK and present a documentary at, at their film festival. It's libertarian ideology. So why would they not allow him to have his film presented there? I, I don't know. 
it seems like maybe it's antithetical to libertarian ideology. Maybe libertarians are trying to get away from the whole libertarians, you know, will allow anything. Um, and then we'll just viscerally debate uh, if we disagree with it. Maybe they're trying to get away from that. Maybe they feel that that has weakened them as a movement. I don't know. Uh, but apparently there was a documentary that was created about him. And it's 21 minutes. It's a short film. And it's about Nick Fuentes and his experiences, according to the, the write-up here, uh, being persecuted by the federal government. Okay, So pretty interesting topic whether you agree with nick fuentes or not has nick fuentes done anything worthy of government harassment including when the department of justice seized over five hundred thousand dollars from his bank account even if you disagree with nick fuentes on everything shouldn't you as a libertarian still support his right to tell his story but freedom fest didn't allow the film to be shown there which has had a lot of people kind of calling out and going um not very libertarian of you, but still pretty interesting. I, I, I'm not convinced that the libertarian movement um, has the ideals that they used to have. I'm really, I'm really not convinced. Um, not that being anti-Nick Fuentes is something that, you know, wouldn't be a thing for the libertarians. I, I would assume that it would be. Um, from what I do know of Nick Fuentes, it's not very libertarian ideal type guy. But that's not the point. So I'm a little little intrigued by this just because libertarians are supposed to be the type that hey say whatever you want if we disagree with you we'll viscerally debate that and they don't appear to be taking that tactic anymore so for a lot of you out there who thought maybe the libertarians might be the way to go i'm not convinced that they still even exist beyond the individual level to be perfectly honest with you um, and some people will get really butthurt about that and send me some nasty messages about how great the LP is and, and that sort of thing. And I, I have no doubt that there are local chapters that are really good. But on a national level, I'm not seeing a lot from the Libertarian Party that doesn't mimic, frankly, leftism. To be perfectly honest with you. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News, weather, and traffic during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. Well, they've officially charged... Domestic terrorist Michael Ortiz, this is the guy, if you saw the video, I, I don't know if, how many of you have, this is the guy who used a flamethrower on police officers after the repeal of Roe v. Wade. He's 30 years old. He was arrested during a violent pro-abortion demonstration on June 26th. He was one of several arrests made during the pro-abortion demonstrations that soon devolved into a riot. The unrest broke out shortly after 8.20 p.m. in downtown Los Angeles. Ortiz is being charged with two felony assault counts upon a peace officer or firefighter after reportedly throwing a homemade flamethrower at a Los Angeles police officer. You can see video of it. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty awful if you want to see it, but, I mean, it's it's there. The officer is recovered, but... The weapon consisted of spray paint can and a lighter. Uh, Ortiz hurled at police officers. He was carrying five cans of spray paint. He was arrested. In addition, he has two prior convictions in 2016 for resisting an executive officer. A number of others were arrested after the unrest erupted. Uh, Julia Bernardo, 23, allegedly attempted to steal an officer's baton 
and was arrested, according to ABC7 Los Angeles. Officers also fired rubber bullets at her shortly after the theft, and she was soon taken into custody. But, um, you know, again, it's this is this is the type of stuff and more that you saw. And there's no there's no congressional hearings on the violence that we saw. There's no congressional hearings on members of Congress who called for the violence. There's no congressional hearings on members of Congress who encourage people to take to the streets. Stephen Colbert is begging Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to run for president right now. And she's one of them who encouraged this behavior. For the record, I think she should run for president. I really do. I want AOC to run for president. But this also tells you how out of touch Stephen Colbert is. More so than him saying, I don't care if gasoline's $15 a gallon because I have an electric vehicle. <laughs> Sniffing my farts. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Stephen Colbert. How out of touch are you that you think AOC should run for president? Have you seen the polling on AOC? Democrats hate her guts. Nobody likes her. She's less popular than Kamala Harris, and nobody likes Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But this is where we're at. Where, where's the congressional hearings for that stuff? Anything? Nothing? No? Didn't think so. Project Veritas is kind of exposing something that I've told you about for a while now. A South Carolina Democrat wants sleeper candidates to infiltrate red areas. I've told you that this is a stratagem that is being used, and you need to be aware of it. And that's why uh, I'm very skeptical of the one million uh, people switching from Democrat to Republican. Because I think a lot of this is just a strategy in primaries to get the candidates that they want. Project Veritas obtained audio from a Democrat in which a member of the South Carolina House of Representatives can be heard discussing a plan to get left-leaning candidates to run as Republicans. Christelle Matthews, a Democrat, referred to such candidates as sleepers. We basically got a bunch of Manchurian candidates that they want. This is the strategy now. If we can't win in an area, we pretend to be different people and then we get elected. Project Veritas recording centered on a phone call between South Carolina State Representative um, Christelle Matthews and an inmate at Perry Corrections in Correctional Institute. Because, of course, it did. It has to be an inmate, right? Somebody who's in jail. Matthews is currently running for Senate and will be facing Catherine Bruce in a runoff election for the Democratic nominee. During the conversation, Matthews mentioned that some of, her, uh, some of the major goals for the Democratic Party could be realized even in deep red South Carolina. If Democrats infiltrated the GOP and ran as Republicans, we need some secret sleepers. Like you need, we need them to run as the other side, even though they are for our side, and we need them to win, Matthew said. This is the only way you're going to change the dynamics in South Carolina. How long do you think you change those dynamics, though? That's the thing. So if you run these sleep again in House races and Senate races, that's that's an interesting one. But in House races where you run for re-election every two years, and I don't know if South Carolina has a recall uh, law or not, but if you run if you run as a Republican in South Carolina, deep red South Carolina, you get elected, and you go to Washington D.C. And all you do is vote with the Democrats. How long do you think you're going to last in Washington, D.C.? 
<laughs> she mentioned that the two sides would publicly fight and disagree, but added that they would be working towards the same goal. We would wreak havoc for for real from the inside out, she said. The only problem is, uh, you know, there is a voting record. And when you have new people who get elected, y- you can't hide that stuff. It's different when you have Mitch McConnell's and you have John Boehner's. They have power, okay? They have actual power. And there are people in their state who don't want them to lose that power because those people perceive that that power benefits the people of that state. So even if you don't like Mitch McConnell all that much, you still want Mitch McConnell in leadership because you feel it it benefits the people of Kentucky. It may not benefit people of Kentucky, but that's the perception. I would talk about this a lot with Harry Reid. Harry Reid in Nevada was notoriously unpopular. Nobody liked Harry Reid when it wasn't election time. But people voted for Harry Reid because he was a senior Democrat. And they felt, and this was actually a whole thing that was run in the state of Nevada when Harry Reid was going to be the minority leader for the very first time, was that he'll be minority leader. Think of how much taxpayer dollars he'll bring to the state of Nevada. So even people who didn't like Harry Reid, who were Republicans, were like, well, he'll be the minority leader, and then he could potentially be the majority leader one day, which he was. And he's going to bring so much to the state of Nevada in that capacity that this will be a net benefit for us, even if we don't like him. And you know what he did? Nothing for the state of Nevada. Nothing. Brought none of that money home. Didn't matter. Then it became a source of pride for a lot of people in the state of Nevada. Well, he's the he's the minority leader. He's the majority leader from our state. Little old Nevada. It's the same thing with Mitch McConnell. It was the same thing with John Boehner. But when you're new, different ballgame. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 5.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Well, this is just going to come as a massive shock. There is a drag queen in Pennsylvania facing 25 child pornography charges. Uh, just shocking, 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 shocking. Not because they're a drag queen, but because of the stuff that they've been doing in the state. Have you seen uh, any of the uh, the Pride videos of all the naked people, various cities, naked people in front of little kids? Hey, what would happen if I walked outside right now and I saw, you know, a five-year-old kid outside in public and I flashed him? What would happen? What would happen? Anybody? What would happen if I flashed a five-year-old kid walking down a public street? Hmm? That's right. I get arrested. I get busted. And all of the people who defend adults flashing kids at a Pride event would call me a pedophile, even though they support it. It is a crime in any other area of the country to be naked in front of a child, except at a Pride event. Explain that one to me. A drag queen who counseled children at a safe haven for LGBTQ youth has been arrested and charged with 25 counts of child pornography. Bryce Williams, who worked at the Safe Haven in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, is charged with 25 counts of child pornography for at least 49 photos and 25 videos of naked prepubescent boys. That's according to the Attorney General. Hmm. Safe Haven, huh? Hey, do you remember that professor who said that pedophiles should be normalized and destigmatized and then got fired from their professor gig. And then where did they get hired again? Oh, that's right. A safe haven. 
Hmm. I'm still watching that story. Not at all shocked. Again, not because they're a drag queen, just because of the other behavior around that that you have to pay attention to. This is why when you, you look at stories like this teacher who's moonlighting as a as an OnlyFans adult film star and everything else. Adult film star is just it's not the right way. You're not actually doing real stuff. You're just doing stuff on the web. It's not the same. They were doing adult stuff on OnlyFans. They're not a star of anything. But this is why them making their, their content publicly available to children is a concern. Because you're allowing yourself to be found by kids. That is ultimately the problem with all of this. As we mentioned earlier today, the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, the January 6th committee, is falling apart. Everything that she alleged in the committee is being refuted <laughs> by pretty much everybody. Obviously, Trump has denied all of it. The Secret Service uh, agents have denied all of it, according to every network news reporter who has coverage of the Secret Service in their profile. Uh, the Secret Service is offered to testify under oath about it. Cassidy claimed to have written a memo that the former White House lawyer says they authored. She didn't. And again, it, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, how many times do we have to have people fall for this? Now, the reason I want to bring this up, in addition to how we covered this in the three o'clock hour, is Brett Bear. I don't know how many of you saw Brett Bear's segment. Um, when Brett Bear was covering this, he he reported that Trump was denying it on Truth Social, and he goes, "But Cassidy Hutchinson is under oath, and Trump is just on Truth Social." Okay. Cassidy Hutchinson isn't facing any legal repercussions here. Cassidy Hutchinson is not saying that she saw it or witnessed it. She's saying somebody else told her that this happened. So unless she turns over who it was who told her that, and that person is called in front of the January 6th committee, she's got no repercussions there because all she can do is claim, well, they told me that he did this, and uh, if that wasn't true, I didn't know that. They lied to me, and I'm not responsible. She's given herself plausible deniability. But when you look at, at you know, Brett Baer saying, well, he's on Truth Social and she's under oath. But she didn't witness anything. Why, why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just go, obviously, you know, Trump, Trump is denying this on, uh, on Truth Social. Here's his statement. And then you move on. There's no reason to attack his credibility just because he's posting it on Truth Social. He's not allowed to post it anywhere else. Brett, he's not allowed to post it anywhere else. He had to create his own social media network just to be able to post anything. Think about that. And as we've said before, you got every ABC, NBC, CBS. CBS is the one, Nora O'Donnell at CBS is the one that really broke with it. But even CBS's own correspondent who covers the Secret Service is like, all of my sources say that they're denying that this ever happened. Trump did not try to attack a Secret Service agent. Trump did not try to grab the steering wheel of the vehicle and steer it to the Capitol that none of this happened. So everybody is reporting that the Secret Service is saying this is a bunch of bull and isn't real. The only people who are saying it is real are Cassidy Hutchinson, who did not see it or witness any of it herself, 
and everybody who believes that she is somehow providing accurate information without being able to verify that she is actually providing accurate information. And the only defense that we have seen throughout the entire day is, well, none of these people have testified under oath yet. And as I would like to point out, I pointed this out earlier. For those of you who missed it, I'm going to point it out again. The January 6th committee, they issued a statement and they said that they believe, they believe Cassidy Hutchinson because she was willing to go under oath and testify publicly. And I find that to be ironic because this is all about election integrity and what happened as a result of election integrity with what happened on January 6th. Because members of the January 6th committee and even throughout these hearings have repeatedly ignored or admonished hundreds of people who signed sworn affidavits under penalty of jail time if they were misleading the public. And many of them testified publicly that they witnessed election fraud in 2020. And the January 6th committee says that that stuff doesn't matter, doesn't count, and isn't true. So you can't on one hand say, well, Cassidy Hutchinson is testifying under oath, and therefore we believe her, and at the same time say hundreds of other people who did the same thing are lying. You can't do that. You're basically saying, this is what the January 6th committee is saying, we believe our witnesses who corroborate our narrative and we believe nobody else. Bit ironic, don't you think? More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. Weekday mornings 5 till 9 on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Um, yeah, Nolte wrote an article over at Breitbart. How many strikes before Fox News is out? Um, and, you know, talking about Brett Bear's very, very unusual coverage of this. And, of course, rehashing some other times where Fox News hosts got some things wrong. You know, it's um, here's it. This is the thing. It, Fox News ratings are really not suffering. Overall, the network is growing, but it's not all of their content. And the content that you're seeing on Fox that isn't growing is, well, it's it's the stuff that, you know, seems to go along with what the, uh, the, the kids who run the network want. The other stuff is doing really well. It's not doing that. But the message has gone out to Fox personalities not to talk about election stuff unless you can hurt Trump. That's That's the truth. And some of them are going along with it. Others are not going along with it, but are keeping their jobs and just kind of ignoring it altogether. But um, it'll be interesting to see what develops in the next couple of days and weeks about this Cassidy Hutchinson thing. And like I said, if they do testify, if the Secret Service testifies and says she's telling the truth, I will come on here and tell you that. Bill O'Reilly's up next. You have a wonderful night. We'll see you tomorrow.